And we're back after a two-week absence with City View with Mayor Tom Koch, a Podcast Quincy podcast. Just search Podcast Quincy and you'll find this podcast, which is usually weekly, but uh, I was away for a week, Mayor, and uh, then you were away. You were in Ireland, so uh, welcome back. It's good to see you. Oh, you're going to name where I was, but you didn't mention where you were. I was in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Working with the homeless? The peach, no, I was not working with the homeless. Not this time. So two weeks, you said we have in two weeks. You, you miss us out there, folks? It's been two weeks. I think they miss us. Yeah. They, they're all saying yes in their car, listening quietly, saying, yes, of course, man, we missed you. We didn't miss that other guy talking to you, but we missed you. So uh, everybody's thinking about the same thing, this COVID-19 or the coronavirus. Uh, you did a video that received, I believe, 6,000 views within one day. Uh, I know that you'll keep doing that to inform people where we're at as this thing kind of grows. Let's talk about that. Let's just talk about a little bit about where we're at in the city. We know right now there's 92 cases in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and only one still in Quincy as of the recording of this podcast, which is yes. And and let's let's clarify that and define that. So it's it's one presumptive case. That's what the state definition is. And then the test goes to the CDC at the federal level, and then they make a determination and say it's confirmed. So then it becomes a confirmed case. So the, those are state tech, uh, definition and the federal definition, presumptive and then confirmed, because it's only the CDC that can confirm these things. So we had it, yes, we have one, uh, one person who in her 40s lives in Quincy, was at the Biogen Convention, developed symptoms, and she, according to the state, became a presumptive case based on the testing. So what happens with, with a case like that? Now, so she has uh, been directed and by all accounts is cooperating with self-quarantine for 14 days. The health department, which we get a direction from the Massachusetts Department of Public Health, so we follow their guidelines and, and, and so forth. So uh, Ruth Jones is our commissioner of public health. She's excellent, outstanding. She's been on top of this issue from day one, sharing information, and, and uh, the department monitors cases as required under the law. They re- By the way, they monitor cases all the time, Mark. You know, TB, other issues that come up in an urban population, they are on it constantly. So if anyone has any specific medical questions related to this issue, they can call the health department, reach out. Uh, Ruth Jones is the commissioner or some of her staff, 617-376-1272. Or if you go to quincyma.gov and go to the health department site, click on that department, then you can also inquire by email if you'd like. Uh, but Ruth is on top of it day to day. So that woman, as, as I mentioned now, has to be tested twice. It has to be two negatives before they technically said, okay, they're done. It's over in that case. So that's that's the period we're in now. And again, the health department oversees that. So it's just the one at this point where we're you know, trying to be smart about it. Um, I had a meeting this week with representatives from South Shore Hospital, Beth Israel Milton, Manic Community Health, South Cove Health, Brewster's Ambulance Services, uh, the fire department, so we've had several meetings both internally and then with these organizations because they're all in the health world. These these are the folks that uh, we want to make sure that we're all on the same page, that we're sharing information, that we have protocols in place to deal with this responsibly without getting hysterical about it. I think that's got to be uh, emphasized. Let's let's not get into panic mode here. This is um, it's a serious issue worldwide. There's no question. We saw what happened in some of the countries like Italy. I do think that the president moved in a timely way on some of the uh, restrictions coming into the country from China and so forth. And, you know, so we, we got to continue to work hard, work on it together. 
uh, all levels of government agencies. And I, and I think people have to use some common sense and be smart. It has shown that this has a major effect. And the most susceptible people are elderly, particularly those with a compromised immune system, particularly if they have respiratory issues. That's what seems to be the vulnerability here. So obviously, if anyone... First of all, if, if you're... You got symptoms of a cold or a flu. You wouldn't go near your grandmother, or your aunt anyway. You wouldn't want to share that with them, right? So the same should apply here. We should be very careful. This time of year, we should be washing our hands. Uh, Ruth Jones points out for 20 seconds, sing happy birthday twice. Uh, soap and water, she recommends. That's what the health people recommend, that the you know, the hand sanitizers don't kill everything. No one comes, they kill bacteria, but not viruses. It doesn't kill the coronavirus, yeah. So, so that's, uh, we got to be cognizant of that. So you don't um, have to go to, to the supermarkets and buy out all of the hand sanitizers or toilet paper. Money. Yeah. I saw a joke yesterday. Somebody was selling to, uh, a thing of toilet paper for $1,000 on eBay. Now they're kidding, of course, but that's, well, we're not far away from that when people well, panic. That's, yeah, that's, that's what happens, unfortunately, when people panic and it gets wacky. And there are legitimate people that need masks aside from this, that have, they're going through cancer treatment, for example, and they can't be susceptible to infections. So they wear the mask for that reason. And so when people go out and try to gobble up these consumer goods because they're thinking about themselves, think about all the folks, people too, that, you know. Um, and no we, hoarding is needed. That's yeah. correct, no matter what the item is. So p- people should be a little, shouldn't get too crazy on this stuff, really shouldn't. But again, back to the, back to the point. So be smart. And all our buildings, our custodial staffs and everything are doing far more extra cleaning, with the right chemicals, uh, you know, railings and doorknobs and countertops and doing Elevator all of buttons, that, yeah. you name it. Uh, school, same thing. And the process uh, met with the actually... Let's dip- talk about the schools, Mayor, sure. actually. Yeah, so we're, when it comes to the school department, we know that less than 2% of the population worldwide is getting it under 19. So how do we treat that? I mean, how is that... Uh, some folks I heard in other countries are closing schools down completely. Plymouth had to close their schools down because they had a scare. They had a scare, days. that's correct. Yeah. And, and they went and cleaned all the buildings and they reopened. Right. We have not had any information to suggest that we have any child that's been, as as far as I know, with, with the facts that I'm aware of, that has been exposed to this. So... It's a regular school day for us. However, having said that, the custodians, as I mentioned, doing a lot of extras. We're now starting a protocol to clean the buses as well on a more regular basis with disinfectant, just to keep the, you know, any potential. We're just trying to be smart about it. Not to scare anybody, just trying to be smart about it. So we'll watch it closely. We've canceled, or the superintendent actually has canceled any outside the state conferences. Now they're canceling all the field trips. We're going to continue with what is on the schedules now for sporting events, stuff in Quincy, our own kids. But as far as going, like, you know, field trip to the Museum of, of Science, you know, the governor has basically said, look, if there's big groups, we probably should avoid doing that when we can. So there's no sense in doing that. That was a smart um, designation to do that state of emergency, by the way, right? I think it made sense. I, you know, it, it um, makes Early. it clear there's a, there's, this, this is serious. Let's not panic, but this is serious, and this is what we should be doing. This is what we should be planning for. You know, again, on the school side, uh, we haven't had any cases. We'll continue to monitor it. We have uh, school nurses in every school, by the way. We're, everybody's being very cognizant of, of this. And then, of course, we have our, you know, our teachers, our staff, our first responders. Um, everyone's a little concerned about, you know, the what could be. So we just got to be smart about things. So we, we are in a, in a good place. We, we have been planning. We have another t- internal meeting this coming Friday with all the department heads and with Quincy College and uh, Eastern Nazarene College, again, Sharing information, sharing protocols, making sure that we are prepared. Should the should the city get hit with a few more than 
one presumptive case and, and we're doing all the right things. Um, and that presumptive case, by the way, has only gone to and from work. That's have correct. Never, have not gone to the supermarkets, have not gone to restaurants. They were very clear and very open about letting letting us know where she went and where she was at. That's so, right. That's right. So there's yeah. there's been no, nothing we're aware of that there would yeah. be any community transfer of, of this disease by being in some large so, uh, social setting. So, and it's, it's kind of a strange time of the year anyway uh, on events toward the end of the winter, but... You know, we're being smart about it. We are prepared. We're we're in conversation on a regular basis with state officials, Department of Public Health, uh, with my other colleagues in government, with all the entities that would be involved in any kind of health issue or or emergency issue. Um, so we're staying on top of it, and monitoring it, and uh, just encourage people just to be smart, common sense, wash their hands constantly, and you know, avoid the big crowds. And that's essentially what what everyone is saying. And hopefully. You know, not too far in the future, this thing will die down and hopefully die away completely. But all the experts are saying it's going to get a little worse before it gets better. So we, we have to be prepared. Well, that's good. And just uh, I just spoke with uh, Ruth Jones right before this, the airing of this podcast. And the good news is, and there is some good news, is zero cases or anything that there'd be any community transmission is the designation that they're calling it. Yeah, I mean, 70 out of the 92 traced right back to the Biogen con- uh, Convention yeah. issue so Amazing. in the state. And we, I think we have four in Norfolk County. Um, There's 22 in Norfolk 22 County. 22 now. Yeah. Okay, that was yeah. the other day. That that shows you why we're constantly talking because the information continues to, to get updated and change. I know you've said we'll be doing some more videos too to let folks know because that's a, just an easier way for, for you to um, let folks know on social media, right. on our YouTube channel, things like that. So, Mayor, thank you for the update on that. And uh, we want to remind folks again, if you have any questions at all, any issues, please call Constituent Services. You talked to Nicole Rapucci. At, um, it's 1500, I guess, the number, right? Yes, but if, but if it's a specific issue uh, relating to the health side of it or uh, the regulations of the health side, I would go right to the health department. They're, they're more expert on this. And uh, Ruth Jones and her staff would be happy to respond to that. 617-376-1272. Or quinzyma.gov and go to the health department link. Yes. Yep. Now let's talk about some more good news. It's March what? I'm looking at my watch. It's March 11th today. And uh, there's no snow on the ground. And we <laughs> that is awesome. good news. It was 75 degrees yesterday, and that's fantastic. But uh, you didn't go to any place that was really sunny and, and with beaches. You went to my homeland, Cork, Ireland. That's where I went. I went to see your birthplace, Mark. You did, and that's you know, why you went, right? Historic place, you know. <laughs> um, tell, yes, tell us this, about the reason why. Because yeah, this, we this have a was, sister city. Uh, yeah. this was a, it was a nice trip planned uh, in coordination with uh, Timmy Cahill and the Quincy Chamber of Commerce. It was a sister city program as well as a... We signed an economic development agreement with County Cork a couple of years back now, actually, when they were here in Quincy, we did it in the Great, the Great Hall. And so this this was the first time as head of uh, the government in Quincy that I've been invited several times. This was the first time I was able to make the schedule work. So we went over and we had a, uh, we left Sunday night, arrived there Monday morning because they're six hours ahead. So we barely got any sleep that first night. We had a full schedule Monday. Started to hit the wall late afternoon. <laughs> but uh, I tell you, first of all, going to Ireland is, uh, I was there 28 years ago, and it's remarkable to me. First of all, they speak the language, and with the exception of some tough brogues, you know, you understand it. <laughs> Don't um, know what you're saying. So, oh, it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting. But what that whole Ireland-Boston-U.S. connection is amazing. And everyone treats everyone like their extended family. They're hospitable, they're friendly, they're funny. They, it's such a relaxed environment. 
I think it's just cool. It's really special that these countries have because of the history together and because of the, the amount of immigration that left Ireland that came to this country and helped build this country. So that's pretty special. And, and um, a couple of occasions, and I know one of the tour guides uh, spoke about, you know, he pointed out uh, JFK Park in Cork Harbor and uh, was saying that, he knew, we forget this stuff, but JFK visited Ireland like five months before he was killed. And the, and the pride in JFK being elected by, by the Irish was just incredible. So First he Irish said Catholic just, president. Yeah, yeah just, just about every town, city has a street or a park name for JFK. <laughs> it's remarkable. So, you know, we'd great, we met with the delegation in uh, court council. So there's a 55-member county council. Wow. Uh, they have a, have a Lord Mayor that is chosen from the council that is a one-year term. It's and a ceremony. Is it more of a ceremonial position? A ceremonial position. And then they have a, uh, what would we would call a city manager, a CEO that uh, does the day-to-day operation. Whereas in, you know, I form a government here that I serve as both. So it's the CEO and the ceremonial. And so from there, we, we visited um, Cork Institute for Technology. We visited, um, in fact, um, it's funny being there, a woman come up to me who works there and says, said, you know Mary Boyle? I said, I've known Mary Boyle since I was five years old. She says, that's my aunt. <laughs> Mary, was, Mary was the cook, as you know, at the rectory for- that is literally a for small world. Almost 50 of years. Of course, uh, it's Sacred Heart, yeah. Yeah, great, great lady. So it, that's the kind of things that happen, our bus driver. He says, I was in Quincy last fall. Do you know Dick and Maureen Murphy? I said, yeah, Beach and Knoll area, you know? Uh, so there, is, wow. there, there are those connections anyway to start with. Yeah. Um, so we had good meetings, we had good discussions. You know, the Cork Institute for Technology was where the, um, that was the college that they offered the scholarship, and we had a girl from Quincy High go there for a full scholarship to serve over in the culinary program, and they're offering that again. We're looking at a student, uh, if not this September, next September. So it's these kinds of connections you make. What a great opportunity for one of our kids to go over there and for free tuition. Sure. You know, um, the tourism piece, of course, is important. Cultural. Um, uh, yeah, cultural, sure. all of that. Um, so then we went to uh, we went to Kildare County. Uh, Kildare County is uh, considered, the I think, the wealthiest county in uh, in Ireland. Uh, it's between Dublin and Cork, actually. And uh, that was that was interesting. That was a 22-member council. I met uh, Lord Mayor Suzanne Doyle. And again, it's that same deal. It's the one-year term, and they have a CEO that runs the day-to-day operation. Now, their the population of Kildare County is much lower than Cork. Cork's like a half a million. Kildare is like 150,000. Very different. It's more rural. It's uh, it's a little different. I did. We did get a chance to see a few places as part of the visit. They're very proud over there of the history with with horses and horse breeding. I think they have the highest per capita horse person. Uh, countries in the world. I mean, it, and they went on, they brought us to what's called the Irish National Stud. It's a government-owned horse farm area that they breed horses, they have uh, races and, and all kinds of things there. And it was really nifty. We saw a foal that was just born a few days before. Wow. And they're so proud of that history, that, that aspect of things. And they say that the limestone in the soil contributes to, because the, the horses eat the grass, uh, contributes to the bone strength of the horses in some way. So it's, and of course, over the years, um, you know, there's been there's been crossbreeding to make horse racing, yeah, sure, uh, horse uh, race uh, horses, I rather better and stronger, and, and all of that for horse racing. And uh, so the, the Ireland economy is, has a little piece of that. It's it's very very interesting. Um, beyond obviously the old farmers pulling a pulling a plow with a horse, but um, really <laughs> did you gorgeous. Ride, did you ride a horse? Beautiful. I've never I've never I was on a horse once. My wife, my first wife, 
who's still my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Your only wife. <laughs> That's right. Uh, that was old Harry Messina joke. He's introduced Bunny. Hey, uh, you know my first, met my first wife. Uh, bless Bunny. But we were we were dating at the time, and my my wife just loved horseback riding. So we went. I was scared stiff. She was. She loved it. I couldn't wait to get off that horse. I was scared that the thing was going to throw me. You know, of course, it probably wasn't too happy. I actually lugging me around. I got on a horse a few years ago. I ended up in the hospital that night because I am so allergic to horses. But on with your story with Kildare. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. It's all about you, Mark. I got it. <laughs> so anyway, we we we're leaving there, right? And there's a gift shop. It's like Disney. You come to the end of it, and there's a little gift shop and. And I almost bought a jacket that said Irish National Stud because that's the name of the place. But I said, you know, you almost if, bought it for me. If I wear that around here, then people are going to say, what a jerk. You, you, know, almost, you almost bought uh, that yeah. for me. I'm the Irish well, you, guy. No, you didn't come to mind on that one, but um, <laughs> uh, some other things that I saw maybe would come to mind, Mark, yeah, but okay. not, not National Stud. No. I think it was um, more of a mule. With it. What do they well, call a mule? They also call a mule something else. What is it? Uh, Jackass? Yeah, right. yeah. Something like right. that. Uh, now, we, we had a chance to visit. Chamber set up a visit to, to new, uh, the New Bridge. It's a cutlery factory. They make silverware and everything there. It's been going on since the 20s. You actually go through the factory, and these this isn't robots. These are real people in every aspect making these products. Uh, but upstairs, they have this museum. They have all these dresses and things from uh, Marilyn Monroe and all these stars. It was just strange to me. You go from the factory and store downstairs to up this. Uh, but it brings bodies in. Uh, you know, yeah. you, we talk about being innovative and creative. It yeah. brings more people through the door, and sure. hopefully they sell more product and all. Um, so they were very, very kind there. Um, we had some great stuff. Of course, I bought some stuff for my two women in my life, my wife and my daughter. Um, first wife and your daughter, yes. Yep, first and only. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's great. Who would do it a second time? <laughs> I'm gonna. I know my wife would say, "I wouldn't do it." (laughs) Christine, we love you. Um, That's she doesn't listen to this. So So, you know, it's one of the things about Ireland, and I find about a lot of those European countries. They have they all have national offices of tourism, so they're very good at what they at tourism. This country's been very. Oh, they do, and and when you look at it, their economy is far more dependent on it, and that's what's scary right now with with the virus. Is you know, while we were there talking to the general manager at the Kilkay Castle which uh, is owned by Jay Cashman, Quincy Company. Again, small world. Um, you know, the, the castle only goes back to like 1200, <laughs> and it was in the same family till wow. 1963. Wow. I think it was in the 80s or 70s or 80s it was created. They made a hotel out of it, but it's it's a hotel, a conference center, a golf course, spa center. I mean, it, it, and it's yeah. gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. But in talking to the general manager, they were having a number of cancellations and upcoming bookings. And you know you th- you don't think about that the economic side of it. Obviously, yeah. health is first. But so you get all these people, chefs, waiters, bartenders, sure. uh, maids, all the stuff that depend on these economies. In all those countries, Italy must be taking a beating right now. Yeah. So if I was younger than I am and wasn't tied down like I am, and had a few dollars, not a lot of dollars. I'd be traveling Europe right now. Yeah. You get the best rates you'll ever get. I know. Hotel rooms, uh, you, you fly cheap because it really hasn't seem to have had much of an effect on younger people. Right. So, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to minimize what's going on out there. Of but, course, yeah, it's uh, horrible. But yeah. just pointing out the economy is it's taking a hit. huge hit in, in Europe. And um, let's, 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 you know, the, the other thing is, is I think we're both back, uh, very spiritual guys. You know, I've been to Oberammergau, Germany. I was there 30 years ago where this was a village in Germany where this was at the time the plague was going on in Europe, and they prayed and promised God that they would do a passion play every ten years if they spared, if their spare, their village was spared by the by the plague, and the village was spared, 
And every 10 years, they do a live passion play in Obamagow. And I was there many, many years ago. And there's been other examples of that. So let, let us, whatever faith background you are, you know, say an extra prayer for, for the people that have been affected by this and, and that uh, this may be uh, minimized, you know, certainly uh, add it to my, my rosary anyway. And not that we wanted to go back to this issue, but, but I did want to ask one more thing that I didn't ask you before. What about senior housing? Now, that's something else that we're kind of, kind of keeping an eye on as well, right? Yes, indeed. There's both public housing and private housing that is dedicated to senior living. And the housing authority is on top of this. They're doing just like the cleaning. I talked about the extra cleaning. They're doing that in stairwells, elevators, doors, doorknobs, all that as well. Just to be smart, once again, I know that in, in, uh, in nursing homes and hospitals, they're, they're limiting visitations by people. In some cases, they're designating one family member that can come and go and visit because that's the population that's vulnerable. And we, we, again, we've got to be careful, um, making sure that, again, good practices, you know, hand washing and all that sort of thing. So we'll continue to watch it. I mean, that's where, the, you know, in this country, the devastation really was that, that elderly care home out in the state of Washington, yeah. you know, once they get in there because they, those folks all had compromised immune systems and respiratory issues. So that, that's where it really, really is harmful. Uh, so the you know the uh, housing authorities on top of it. I know that um, the uh, private senior buildings are also you know handling things with good practices um, going forward as well. So yeah, I think that everyone's doing all the right stuff. That's great. Thanks, Mayor. And uh, you can, by the way, folks, you'll be able to hear this podcast on QATV. QATV is now airing this podcast throughout the week, different times, just to turn on your QATV, and sometimes they have the banners on. Well, this podcast will be on there as well. So, Mayor, I think uh, that takes us up to the end of the show today. Well, thanks, Mark. And we'll be back with a video from the mayor at some point as as things move on with the coronavirus, as we know that they probably will. And uh, we will see you next time on this podcast, Podcast Quincy. Just search for it like that. This is City View. I'm Mark Carey, the mayor's media director. And thank you, Mayor. Thanks. Thanks.